0: 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 14 through 16, 2 Timothy chapter 3 beginning in verse number 14, but as for you continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. I think all believers would agree with this statement. God's greatest gift to mankind It's His Son, Jesus Christ. Because it's through Him that we have access to the Father and it is through Him that we have salvation. I believe the second greatest gift possibly that we have received is the Bible. Because it is the Bible that reveals God to us and gives us instruction for daily living. And the Bible, it is the gift that families need desperately for the dark days which we live in. I think you would agree that as we look around, we see that the family as God planned it is currently under attack. We see that in every possible way in our society. The family is my generation knew it. The family is your generation knew it. The family that our previous generations knew it is quickly fading into the sunset. Family today is not what family was 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, or 80 years ago to a great extent. And we know this because it's revealed to us by the movies, the books, the news, We are bombarded daily with what looks like the breakdown and the destruction of the conventional family that we have all always known. It's really depressing as you read these articles, as you listen to people talk, as you encounter individuals, and you become aware of the condition that the family is in today in America, and I can't speak for any other country, only America, it's really disheartening and heartbreaking. Well, with such a bleak and dark picture, I'm sure there are people who are wondering, can the family even be saved? Is it possible? Because we're being bombarded by liberal theologians, by by liberal professors. We're we're being bombarded by those who simply want to do what they want to do. We're we're being bombarded on every hand today in our society about the conventional family that is old, outdated, and needs to be done away with. So is there any hope for it? I believe there is. I believe there's still hope for the family in America and that hope rests upon a return to God's Holy Word because it's through God's Holy Word that we understand what the family should be we read and understand the makeup of a family we read and understand the commitment that's involved between a, a husband and a wife and the parents and the children is through the Bible that we are able to understand clearly what God designed in the beginning, beginning in the Garden of Eden, all the way up until present day. So with the Bible as a foundation, I believe that the family unit can still be strong. Now, if people use anything else as a foundation to base their family upon, if they base their family upon the foundation of the latest research by some sociologist or psychologist, if they base their family foundation upon the latest trend that comes out of Hollywood or the latest thing that some left-leaning individual professes, if they use that as the foundation for their family, then it's not going to be able to survive. It's going to crack and dissolve. It's only when we use the Bible as the foundation, only when the Bible is the foundation for the family that we can have a strong family. I think all of us who are gathered in here today understand that and know that. There there are some who are going to be watching, some watching currently while we're here gathered together, some who will watch this coming week that I think also understands that. But there are probably some who will watch some of it and say, I don't agree with that, that the family unit needs to change. Well, if I believe that there is hope for the family, if I believe that the family can still be strong, if I believe that the Bible is the foundation upon which we build the family, what do I have to tell you about it? Why do I believe that the Bible is that solid foundation? that a family can be built upon. There are three reasons that I want to share with you out of these verses of Scripture, and there are many reasons, but three reasons that I want to share as to why I believe that the Bible is God's book for families. That's the title of the message. The Bible, God's book for families. Why do I believe this so strongly? What is the first reason I believe this? The first reason is because of the power of the Bible in verse 15. Verse 15, it says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. Well, we we know the Bible is sacred writings, but we also, all of us who are an older generation, and hopefully a younger generation also, what have we typically heard it called in our lifetime? Have we heard it called the holy Bible is that not what it's always been referred to as the Holy Bible sacred writings Holy Bible all the same thing but just the fact of understanding that it's sacred understanding that it's holy within that in and of itself tells us that it has power within it it has power to convict us of our sin because it is holy because it is sacred You, you know the way that I, I'm convicted by, about sin and, and the way that most people are convicted by sin, it comes from the Word of God. The Word of God says don't and we do. The Word of God says do and we don't. The Word of God expresses how we're to live and we don't live that way. Then all of a sudden we, we begin to feel that convicting power and it's coming through the power of the Holy Scriptures or through the sacred writings. So the power of the Bible... It has power to convict us of our sin, but it also has the power to save us from our sin by pointing us to salvation. It it says in verse 15, which are able to make you wise for salvation. We we think we are smart day and age. We we think that we have arrived. We we think that we know a lot. We have all kind of degrees and we've had all kind of training and, and we go to all kind of seminars and and I can't tell you how many meetings I've gone to in ministry. Oh, my gracious, I can't tell you. I couldn't count them if I tried to how many meetings I've gone to. And, and those meetings were beneficial. But at the same time, when I look back and I look at who I am and look at who God is, I'm still pretty dumb. Rhonda said amen. That There's still so much I don't know. But there's so much that I don't understand. There's so much that I never will understand. But I do know this, that the the Bible has the power to save us from our sin by pointing us to salvation, wise unto salvation, wise for salvation. Without the Bible portraying how dark and deadly sin is, without the Bible telling us what we need to do, without the Bible pointing out the dangers of sin, we'd go through this life not understanding anything. You say, well, the Holy Spirit would speak to you. Holy Spirit can, but primarily the Holy Spirit will speak to us through Scripture and then confirm what we have read in Scripture or heard someone else read to us in Scripture. Now, the Holy Spirit can do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. I I get that. And, And I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to someone even through nature. The Bible makes that clear. But I think the majority of the time, the Holy Spirit simply reinforces what the Bible has already taught us, what we've heard in the Sunday school class, what we've heard in the worship service, what we have read ourselves, what someone has shared with us. The Holy Spirit is just reconfirming what the Bible has already taught us about this matter of salvation. It it points us to the Savior, Christ Jesus. Salvation doesn't come from Grace Baptist Church. Salvation doesn't come from the North Spartan Baptist Association. It doesn't come from South Carolina Baptist Convention or the Southern Baptist Convention. <clears throat> Salvation does not come from church membership. It does not come from baptism. It does not come from what you give financially. It does not come from what you volunteer to do. All of that is great and good. But none of that, none of that is what saves us it's only through Christ Jesus that we are saved and the Bible points us to him over and over and over and over that the power of the Bible is what gives us a foundation for a family <clears throat> in 2023 when it seems like all hell has broken loose against the local family. That's the first reason is the power of the Bible. The second reason is the profit of the Bible. <clears throat> what does the Bible profit me? What does it profit you when we read it in verse 16? Verse 16 says that all scripture is breathed out by God and it's profitable. Don't we all like profit? If you got anything in a retirement account that's connected to the stock market, I imagine occasionally you look at the stock market to see what that stock market is doing. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really bad. I remember back in 2008 that my retirement account that was part of the stock market looked really, really, really bad. I was not making a profit at that time. Now, I don't know about y'all, but for my retirement account, I wanted a profit because I wanted one day to retire. A friend of mine messaged me the other day and said, I thought you had retired. I said, I did. I didn't go any further. I did retire. But but to be able to retire, most of us have to invest some money and, and hope for a profit on it that helps us then when that time comes to retire. Well, profit. We like profit, and Scripture is profitable. What is it profitable for? Number one, for teaching doctrine. Doctrine is simply what is right to do. The Bible is full of doctrine, of what is the right thing to do, the right way to live, the right way to conduct ourselves, the the right way to God, the, the right way to heaven. The Bible is full of doctrine from Genesis through Revelation. And it teaches us what is right to do. But the prophet of the Bible is not just for teaching doctrine, but for conviction of sin, for reproving us. And when it does that, it's telling us what we do that is not right. Kind of like raising a child. Have you ever had to slap a child's hand? Have you ever had to say, eh, don't do that? Say, you you reprove that child. Have you ever made your child stand in the corner? We didn't. We we just did that. But some use the corner. And if they want to use the corner, they, they can use the corner. Uh, have you ever reproved your child, rebuked your child by taking away a privilege? Taking away an opportunity to do something they really wanted to do? Well... <laughs> And and, uh, and it's real fun, isn't it, Jackson? When that happens, <laughs> yeah, we, we we have we have all been reproved by our parents. Or uh, have you ever been reproved on the job where you work? You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Don't do that. That ever happened to anybody other than me? Kind of like the day that this guy had given me a hard time at work and me and him were into it. Y'all, y'all think I'm so sweet. And, and me and him were into it almost nose to nose and the supervisor came by and said, what's going on here? To which I said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. He could have reproved me. But thankfully he just walked home and let me take care of it. Uh, there have been times that I have been reproved. Wouldn't you believe Bronda has reproved me a time or two? Y'all, y'all don't believe that, do you? She has actually had to say, you can't do that. Don't do that. Quit that. Well, she, she has convicted me. My mom and dad, they've convicted me. I've even had church members who have convicted me. None of y'all, yet. It's young. It can still happen. But conviction of sin, the the Bible says, I reprove you for what you're doing that is not right. Don't do it. The prophet of the Bible is for teaching doctrine, for conviction of sin. It is also for correction or improvement, how to get right. The, The doctrine tells us what is right to do. Conviction says you shouldn't be doing what you're doing and then correction is, how do you get right? If you do this, you'll be right. It's kind of like when you correct your child for whatever they've done. If they've left their clothes on the floor and you correct them for it and say, don't ever do that again, and, and then you say, this is what you do, you pick your clothes up and you put them away, never worked with our son, but anyway, that, that's what you do. You, you, you not only convict them of it, but you correct them by telling them what to do what to do that is right. Scripture does that. It says what you did was wrong. Now here's how you correct that. You hurt their feelings, you made them mad, you said bad words to them, this is how you correct that. You lied, you stole, this is how you correct that. You, you, you left God out of the plan, this is how you correct that. The Bible also is for righteous training. And it's how to stay right. Not only are we convicted of sin by Scripture, not only are we reproved for that which is not right, not only are we told how to get right, but then it tells us how to stay right. See, the, the Bible really wants us to be people who are right with God. Not necessarily right in an argument. Not necessarily right on our job. But people who are right with God. Families need this. Families have to know what is right to do. Families have to know that which is not right. Families need to know how to get right. Families need to know how to stay right. Because families are being bombarded on every hand in our society of don't do that with your child. That's old-fashioned, old school. Don't do that. Let them do whatever they want to do. No. We have got to have the foundation of the Bible for our families. I told you there were three reasons. The first reason is the power of the Bible. The second is the profit of the Bible. And the third is the permanence of the Bible. How long will it last for? Here's what society says about the Bible. This, This individual named Robert Ingersoll who was an agnostic of the 19th century. He lived 1833 to 1899. He said in 25 years, the Bible will be a forgotten book. In 25 years. Then we have Voltaire, the French author of the 18th century. He lived from 1694 to 1778. And he says, another century and there will not be a Bible on earth. Society still says that the Bible will not last, even though it has been the number one best-selling book for decades. There are still people who are talking about the Bible will be done away with. It will not exist. Nobody will need the Bible. It will all go away. Mankind has been saying that for decades and decades and decades. Society says that there is no permanence to the Bible. What the scriptures say about itself? Well, in Psalm 119 and verse 89, it says, "Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven." In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, "The grass withered, the flower fades, but the word of God shall stand forever." Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from all the law till all be fulfilled. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And first Peter one twenty five says, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Forever. Forever, society says the Bible will not stand the test of time. Isn't that pretty dumb? Scripture says the Bible will never cease to be. Now, which do you believe, society or the Scripture? I'm going to go with the Scripture, Jackson. Yes, we, we, we are to share with our families. We are to share the Bible with their families. We are to, to pass it down. I, I mean, society can say what they want to about the Bible. They are those who would love to condemn the Bible. They are those who would love to take the Bible out of every part of society. They say, oh, as a believer, you can maybe have one in your home, but nowhere else. Well, then there's the others who say, you don't even need it in your homes. They're like, let's get rid of the Bible. But the Bible itself says, I will always be here forever and forever. Families need this permanence. Everything in society is fleeting. Fame is fleeting. Fortune is fleeting. What we own is fleeting. Whatever it is that we have a title to, It's fleeting. Relationships are fleeting. Marital relationships, children and parents, all those relationships are fleeting. Some end because of divorce. Some end because of hard feelings. Some end because of death But whatever the reason. Everything is fleeting. Everything is temporary in our lifetime. I don't have anything at home that is permanent. Our house is not permanent. Our marriage is not permanent our dog is not permanent, our children are not permanent, that there's nothing we have that is permanent. Everything will eventually pass away. But the Word of God, the Bible says, is forever and ever and ever. So a family that builds upon the Word of God will always have a foundation no matter what society says, no matter what society does. We shouldn't be surprised that society attacks Scripture, should we? Do you know how long the Bible has been attacked? Ever since the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, the devil attacked God's Word. Did he really say that? The devil brought, tried to bring doubt about the reliability of God's word. And it's not ended. It's still going on in 2023. And guess what? If the world stands another 100 years, it will still be taking place. There will still be an attack upon Scripture. But it still stands. No, no matter what, Others have said, no no matter what Robert Ingersoll said, no matter what Voltaire said, the Bible still stands. And we can use that for our families. It is the only trustworthy foundation for a family to build upon. Here's the question for us today. Are we using the Bible as the foundation for our family? Do, do we make decisions about our family and for our family based upon what the bible teaches or we do so based upon what we want do do we make our decisions based upon scripture or do we make our decisions based upon the latest fad that takes place do do we actually spend any time in the Bible other than during a worship service? On your own, at home, on the job, is there a time that you spend reading the Bible? If the only time you get Bible is in our service, you, you get Bible for about 30 minutes out of a whole week. And that's not enough Bible to get you through in our society as I said in a text message part of being a Christian is discipleship discipleship takes place in the church discipleship I hope takes place from what I preach to you I hope I'm discipling you while I'm preaching but you also have to be responsible for your own discipleship you also have to read the Bible on your own And I know it's hectic some days. And I know there'll be days you miss. There are days that I miss. We we get slack. I I understand that. But over the grand scheme of a year, out of 365 days, how many days do you spend reading the Bible on your own? How often do you pick up a devotion of some kind and read it? Well, there's our daily bread. And again, we've got an extra edition of our daily bread out there on the table Uh, or devotion that you have found online that you like to read or devotion you found in some store. How, How often do we spend doing that? If the Bible is going to be the foundation of our families, we have to spend time in the Bible. More than what you get, in one service a week. More than what you would get in two services a week and more than what you would get in three services per week. Discipleship is personal where you have to do your part. The family is under attack. But with the Bible, we have a foundation. The question is, are we using the Bible as we should to make sure we have that foundation? Society is not going to quit attacking your family. I wish it would, but it's not. We're going to be attacked as long as we live. But if we'll take the Bible... And you say, which translation? Whichever one you will read and you can understand. If we'll take the Bible and use that as our foundation, we can have a family that is strong no matter what society does, May we pray together.